Hello, and welcome to Fan Slash Fiction with Andrew Slash Zach. I'm Zach Dunsing. And I'm Andrew Gum. This is our very first episode of season two. We've been working really hard on it. And we interview uh, Sarah Beth Gum, who is a very experienced fan fiction guru. And an average sister. Come on, man. <laughs> this is like <laughs> the only episode that you know she's going to listen to. Yeah, okay. She's an above average sister. And I love you, Sarah, if you're listening. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't have to go overboard. So <laughs> we're also debuting our uh, brand new theme song by my good friend Jordan Lenning. It was described to me as the Doug theme song meets the Toe Jam and Earl theme song meets Devo meets Prince. And that is like perfectly accurate. It's all true. <laughs> We're good. Uh, Andrew, do you want to kick us off? Um, yeah. So, hello. This is our very first interview that we've very done exciting. on the show. Yeah, it's, very exciting. I'm and I'm extra excited. Honored because, to be the first. Yeah, because that voice you just heard is my sister, Sarah Beth Gum. I, yeah, Sarah's a person. Known who, her for a long I, time. Yeah. <laughs> we go way back, uh, all the way to. Almost 27 you know, years. Almost 27 years. Yeah, yeah. So we're. I'm very excited to talk to Sarah because I have actually held off on talking to Sarah a lot about fan fiction because she knows so much more than me. I wanted the discovery process for the first season to be a bit more organic and not have it spoon fed. And now I'm ready to have it spoon fed. <laughs> yeah, now we're now we're ready to get the spoon. Yeah, because. We've been speculating wildly on our own long enough. It's time for an expert testimony. Okay, Sarah Beth, will you give us a little background on you? Like, you know, kind of what what you do, who you are outside of being Andrew's sister? Yeah, I am right now in a sort of transition period. I just graduated with a master's degree in history. I study mm -hmm. uh, women's history in the American West. Um, mm. I'm... Currently living in Pullman, Washington, soon to move to Spokane and try to, you know, like start a life and a job with sure. yeah. hopefully my master's degree. But, you know, that, that master's in history is going to come in handy. I think yeah. so. I think so, too. I, uh, I think that people need to, a historical context for, you know, their trips to Panera or whatever. Uh -huh. so, exactly. You know. Yeah. So, Sarah, if you don't mind me asking, what started you reading fanfic? Um, actually, you. The earliest, <laughs> yeah, the earliest fanfiction I remember reading, and I think it's actually a lot of people in the Harry Potter fandom's first fanfiction was the novel-length Draco Dormiens series. But yes, that's the only one I ever read, and I read it in high school. Yeah, and, um, and I liked it. What is that briefly? Uh, it's this super long, I didn't finish it because it got, I think it got a little too dark and intense because Andrew mm. being in high school <laughs> meant I was in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, so it, it follows just like Draco Malfoy is kind of the, the main character, but he's cooler in this than he is in the books because he's not just a smarmy dickhole. Yeah. So, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And it, it kind of picks up after book four 
and finishes the story from book four. I think it was written around the release of book four. So I think so too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's so funny. Um, because I set it down for all the way up until we started this podcast after that one exposure, and you kind of yes. kind of ran with it. It kicked yeah. off a, a, I mean, since then, a little bit up and down, but pretty consistent love affair with fan fiction. So up and down, what are, uh, what are some of the downs? Um, I think sometimes when I was more busy with school... Mm. Or I like I think I went through a brief period where I was like, fan fiction's lame. I'm too cool for that. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I'm glad that you got over that. And I got I got over that. But mostly yeah. the down is when all of my recreation reading was down. You know, like when sure. college or mostly like late high school, early college, I think was a sort of down, but even then, I read a few stories, you know, I was following along as they were coming out. Um, so it would be, you know, like 20 to 35 minutes of recreational reading a day. I would, you know, mm-hmm. come home from school and check on the stories I read. Yeah, which is a thing that we have not dabbled into yet, is just that there are ongoing stories that are that are constantly having new things mm-hmm. published on them and there are followings for those stories. Well, so we, you tell us we haven't which... spent any time in the community yet really. I just recently mm-hmm. made an account for the show, Fan Fiction Show, uh is our handle on fanfiction.net and I, I wanna start getting more not necessarily involved, but a little more active in the stuff that we're reading and, and interacting with that community, because that seems to be Archive a huge part of, of it. own is the more Vogue. Just, I mean, if you want to know. Oh, okay, sure. Most, I mean, there are obviously still people writing on fanfiction.net, um, but, like, <laughs> it's the dark place for what a lot do you mean? of... We're, we're in the dark ages, man. There's I a see. whole other world. I mean, we have... We got some things. Uh, like, I got the... That... Uh, we... The dirge... Yeah. The, the dirge of, We must mm-hmm. unite within with, her walls music. or we'll crumble yes. with, from within. We got, I, we got that from Archive of Our Own. And it was good. And it was just as easy to navigate through as uh, fanfiction.net. So we probably got to throw our fanfiction.net So fanfiction.net, fanfiction.net is just like... Is donezo. It really is because... Archive of Our Own is much easier to navigate, actually. It has a very Uh, robust tagging system. So you're like, okay, I want Avengers fanfiction that's hurt comfort that doesn't involve any sexual assault. And you can put all of those tags in and get all of the stories that meet those criteria. Will you you explain that a little bit? Not the sexual assault part, because that seems pretty self-explanatory. But what was the other term you used? Oh, hurt comfort is a genre of fan fiction. Because um, I think I think a fan fiction is often um, sort of the genres are like what emotions are they going to arise in mm-hmm. their audience? And hurt comfort is usually everyone is sad and then everybody gets cuddles and feels better. And it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got it. It's that my nice. <laughs> favorite genre to read. I think next to stuff that's just like pure fluff. I love the yeah. stuff where it's like, oh, all of these bad things happened, but we're all going to take care of each other and feel better at the end. Is that yeah? Is that part of what's appealing about the fan fiction? Is that in like in a lot of fiction you don't you don't get to get that fluffy with it? You know, you like you don't. 
Yes, I think that is... Get to have everything work out nicely. ...the appeal for me, especially when it's not nice in the canon. Um, Mm. Right. Or there's, like, a lot of bad things happening to these characters you care about in canon, and then fanfiction authors come in and they're like, and here's what you didn't see, where everybody was like, and now we feel better. Well, that's something that Zach and I uh, have speculated about, that that's one of the driving forces for some of these stories is just, like we did one on Rick and Morty, where Mm -hmm. Rick is just totally indifferent to Morty in the the show, and in Mm -hmm. this And in this story, uh, he tells Morty how much he loves him and cares about him. And Morty tells him how much he loves him and cares in return. And it's just like a very sweet story where they they talk about how they matter to each other. Because it seemed to me like that person just wanted that to happen. And it's not happening in the show. So they had to take matters into their own hands. Also sort of perplexing for me, because if you're attached to those characters, and you're obviously, like, if you're a fan of the show, you're attached to those characters. And you would obviously be into that dynamic between the two of them. I mean, like, that's, that's so crucial to the show itself, which is that you never know really how much Rick cares about Morty. Right. So it's just like almost, I don't know, to subvert that so dramatically or to want that so dramatically is counterintuitive to me as a fan. Does that make sense? Yeah. I usually call that wish fulfillment fan fiction, Mm. which I think is also very common, Mm -hmm. a common impulse that drives fic writing where it's like, even if I sort of like what is happening, I also sort of wish this would happen. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. So Yeah, that um, makes a you, lot of sense. So you talked about, so hurt comfort, wish fulfillment. What are some of the other driving forces? Like when you come across stories, what are some of the things that you've identified are driving reasons for people to, to create fan fiction? I think... There are a couple of them. I think some of them are people uh, sort of working out their own issues. Um, And this can either be very disturbing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure, yeah. We've seen seen some of that. (laughs) You get some really, really disturbing stuff that I think is like, you're, you're working out some stuff. And then stuff that's pretty, like, just putting characters through the same stress they're going through. Um, and, but getting, Hmm. again, this often comes in this sort of her comfort, and then I think getting the comfort they wish they were getting. So, and I mean, authors Mm. will sometimes be straight up upfront about this on AO3, which is the uh, abbreviation for archive of our own. So 3O is AO3. Mm. So Um, if we call it archive of our own, we're just going to look like a bunch of dorks. (laughs) Yeah. So we got to say AO3 and we got to call them like hip fix. Like, is that what you say? It's like, just I like can't, minute. I can't believe, Sarah Beth, how square you're making me feel about <laughs> such a n- completely square concept. Yeah, um, we are, we are the dads coming into this. We are, you, we you are the dads are. in this scenario. I was dedicated to fanfiction.net for a long time, but then I wasn't finding what I needed, so I went into AO3, and then I was like, oh my god, it's a brave new world here. Can we can we elaborate on that? Like, what what was it that you weren't finding uh, on fanfiction.net that you that you needed? I, yeah. I think I wasn't finding new content that I was interested in, or 
Uh, mm. They're just, it's harder to search multiple fandoms at once on fanfiction. I, what I like about AO3 is that you can search by tag. So mm-hmm. I can search right. for, you know, like, uh, fluff, hurt comfort, family. Like, I can put in a variety of tags of things that I think will bring up stories I'm interested in and not limit by fandom. And then as I scroll through those lists, be like, oh, here's an Avengers one. I'm interested in reading that. Oh, here's a Harry Potter one. Here's a check, please one. Um, and I find it's because there are no tags on fanfiction and you have to search for like keywords. I, so yeah, that is true of the site. I just start, like I said, I just started using the app and it, there are tags on it wow. and that seems to have made it a little bit easier. However, it's still like, it was still difficult to kind of find what I was looking for specifically. Exactly. Yeah. That- I agree. Yeah. Even like going back through to record the outros and like having to to search up stories that we had found in the past was kind of difficult sometimes with uh yeah with fanfiction.net. So Agreed. um another thing that we had talked about in the past, Sarah, that I would love for you to elaborate a little bit on is the long form fanfiction because we uh we just by trying to create like new episodes in a relatively quick period of time have not dived in as as heavily into long form fiction the way that I think you have been able to can you talk to us a little bit about some that you've read some that you've enjoyed some things that surprised you or or whatever about long form fiction yeah so i've read long form in two different ways both in a i'm going to follow along this story and read a little bit every single day um, or every few days. Mm-hmm. I've also read long form where it's like, this is a complete story that is 235,000 words long. Um, yeah. And I will just have it open in a tab on my phone and read it whenever I have downtime, like one might read an ebook. Can you give me one example of, of those besides Dirge Without Music? Because that's, that's one that we are familiar with. But what, like, what's a, another long yeah, form um, one that you were committed to? So I read one for far back that was called Rise or Fall, and it was an X-Men's fanfiction, and I just went looking for it because I gave it up, and it is still going. It is more than two million words long now. Jesus. What? It's been running since I was in high school. I graduated in 2010. Whoa. It's still going. Didn't To put into context, I think Alan Moore just wrote the longest novel of his, or like put out the longest novel of his career. It's called Jerusalem, and it's like a million words. And so this yes. is twice as long. This as is twice as long. Absurdly as... long novel. <laughs> Alan Moore's magnum opus. Exactly. That's and I, I most recently read a... Um, uh, an Avengers fic, the series is called Love is for Children, and then it's broken up into a bunch of little stories that is uh, like 435,000 words long. First perspective, twice as long as the fifth Harry Potter book, which is the longest <laughs> Harry Potter book. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Love is for Children? <laughs> yeah, that's a great yes. title. That's that a- is a great title. Um, and it's all fluff, and the thing that made this one so compelling for me is this author both breaks her chapters into, like, thousand-word chapters. So they are so bite-sized. It's mm-hmm, so yeah. easy to be like, well, I just have a little bit of downtime, or, like, I need to take a quick study break. I'm going to read one chapter of, you know, Love is for Children, of No Winter Lasts Forever. Um, Does that involve the Winter Soldier? 
The No Winter Left yes. Forever? That makes sense. That's cool. Exactly. Oh, that's lovely. But so this that's what I am having a problem with is like you said that that, that one is entirely fluff. Like how how does that much fluff stay interesting? Yeah. And what and fair, what exactly really, do you mean by fluff also? Yeah, sure. It isn't all of the stories aren't fluff. The mm-hmm. the shorter ones are sort of that. Um and that's stuff that's like all feel good, doesn't really delve into deep emotions, though the one the no winter lasts forever follows much more of an, an emotional arc, but it is this thing where it's like problems happen, but we all work together and we solve them and we help each other out um, and we heal. And it, it delves, delves very much into how like all of the Avengers have this really broken past and trying to build a team that can be a family mm-hmm. and cool. like heal some of that brokenness. Cool. So um, when you say fluff, you mean something that has like a feel good core. Is that fluff? Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but not necessarily conflictless. Exactly. That at its heart, it wants you to feel good when you're done reading it. Um, and the the other thing that makes this one so compelling is this author um, gives like notes on her writing and will link to. You know, it's like, oh, I talked about this psychological thing. Here's more reading about it. Whoa. Um, and, like, link to scientific things. So it's made the reading experience fascinating to have all of this, like, background that this author does. Yeah. And who is who is the author of that one? Uh, it's like, I think it's supposed to be Elizabeth, but it's like, why Beth the wordsmith? Something like that. I could Got it. Something cool. that would be hard to pronounce out loud, but when you sure. look at it, I'll do some investigation. Yeah, well, no, we'll we'll, we'll tag it later. Outro. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I can also send you a link if you want. Oh, great. that would be super helpful. Thank you. Um, um, another. Oh, one more long form, or do you want to ask a different question? Oh no, no, I, I, I'm super interested in in any of that. I was just yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me. Um, I read a. I've been on a big Avengers fic kick, which is. Mm-hmm. I think maybe was prepping to see uh, the new movie is what mm-hmm. got me started. Um, but I read one called, it's like No Power Nor Splendor. Um, I'll, again, I'll, I'll link Sweet. you. Um, that I thought when I first just glanced at the word count was like 30,000 words long. And I was like, okay, that's good. That's like as long as my thesis. You know, it's a couple days of reading. It was 230,000 words long. <laughs> um and it was great. And again, that's, for perspective, just a little bit shorter than the fifth Harry Potter book. Longest, oh, ha- Longer Lord. than any of the Harry Potter books, but the fifth one. Man. Uh-oh. I am. Um, and I'm like, what drives a person to write a novel about characters that belong to someone else? Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, that's the question. That is the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, do you have the answer, do please? Do you know? <laughs> Because we can just um, stop doing this if you just tell yeah. us. I, we could end I, right now. Yeah. Help us out. Get this I, monkey I off our back. Don't think I know, but I i mean, a love of writing, maybe? Uh, a, a fear of being rejected or not creative enough to come up with your own characters, but still loving writing, loving the community that mm. rises up around your writing. But, I, I mean, I, I think that is the question of, the, I mean, I think this took more than a year in writing, and it is a novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, you have a built-in community. You have a built-in support system. You have built-in fans. Because people also it, love those. It has to be, but characters. it has to be more than just a crutch, right? Yeah, I I think it it scratches a brain itch. I think that's mm-hmm. why people both write and read fan fiction is it meets some need that regular fiction it doesn't scratch that itch so well if it's hmm. maybe the you can explore different things because you don't have to spend a lot of time um like Creating explaining them. who your characters are because we all know and also it gives you the opportunity to uh write stories that mainstream fiction probably wouldn't let you have um like mm. this one that i just read was that i'm talking about this that was 230,000 words long was uh, a three-way relationship between Natasha Romanoff, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, and Clint Barton's wife, uh, Laura Barton. Um, Just like in a polyamorous relationship? Yes, that they were all Mm. married to each other. And Hmm. then how Natasha left because she was afraid, and it's this non-linear storytelling going back and forth in their relationship. It ties into the films. Um... It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to read it now. That's, yeah. And so. That sounds great. So you, you touched on something that I'm super is there is in. there a Is there a Cliff's Note version of it? <laughs> <laughs> I think she just gave you the Cliff so. Note. And I think I gave yeah, it to Yeah, I think you just did. You're right. Um, I To be fair, I approached this podcast the same way I reproach, approached most essays in all of my lit classes. <laughs> Which is, you read enough to get the gist. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Cram a little extra in the night before. Yeah. Well, that's human nature. Take a Um, bunch of Adderall, cram out of paper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wrote my whole thesis in like a semester. Shh, don't tell anyone. Hey, I'm proud of you. I'm proud (laughs) of you. You got it. The, um... Uh, you touched on something that I'm super interested in, and it's like we've had this this big question that we talked about explicitly just a second ago of, you know, what is the purpose behind all of this? Like what, you know, like the deeper questions of creativity and, and making things, especially in this specific way. But you said it scratches a brain itch for both the writer and the reader. And I'm interested mm. in exploring how like obsession plays into all of this because mm-hmm. I can because I can feel it in myself, like related to all kinds of things. When I become really into a fandom, uh, then there's like no amount of new information is enough. Like I want, I'm insatiable for more. Like I'll read about Game of Thrones theories and stuff online just because I want more of it and there's no more to consume, you know? So That has absolutely been a driving force behind my fan fiction reading. Mm -hmm. Um, The fandom I was most interested in recently prior to this sort of foray into Avengers was Check, Please, mm-hmm. which is a webcomic. Gotcha. Um, and because th- we get we get comics and then some meta around it, there's just not a lot of canon material to consume, so I just became insatiable for fan fiction because I... I, this universe was so fun, and I just wanted to live in it more. Yeah. And, you know, I read the whole webcomic when I started in, like, a day. Yeah. I got can you up. Can you summarize, check, please, for yes. us? Please? It's about a um, college hockey team and the frequent baking of pies. 
that's sort of its <laughs> brief tagline. The main character is Eric Biddle, Biddy, he is called, who um, was figure skater turned hockey player who goes and plays on a, you know, like a division one college hockey team at Samwell. And he's a, he's a gay man. Um, and his just how his relationships unfold over college. Interesting. Just yesterday, comic for year four, so the last year of the comic opened, um, which was really exciting and scary that we're down to just a year. And then of it's done. Comic it... left, and then it's done. Oh wow! So when so this this is that's another thing, which is that so when when that's done, your your pursuit of fan fiction around check please is probably going to amplify, right? Probably, or or stay the same. You know exactly the the sort of up and down with different fandoms. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting to know if I will be sort of feel like it, it'll probably depend on how satisfying the ending is. Mm, actually, yeah. sure. I feel. The same I guess way. I was just thinking. Sorry, I guess I was just thinking that like I hadn't thought about that before. That the the frequency of stuff being written about certain things has has to change based on whether or not that original content is finished or not, right? Exactly. There is definitely less, not none, but less Harry Potter fan fiction being produced now. Um, because oh, I, I was actually thinking the total opposite. Oh, really? I, no, I think, yeah, no I, I think Sarah is right on it. Because I, I think that when people are waiting for something, when, when people are waiting for something, that... That makes sense to me to be the time where people just kick into high gear of like, I want the next part of the story and I can't have it for another year, so I'm gonna just write it. And See, share. no, that does exactly. that does make a lot of sense. I guess I was just thinking like, oh, this thing is done. We can't have any more. Let's make more. Ah, uh, yeah, was I'm my sure, thought I'm process. Sure there's some of that too. Yeah, sure, sure. But no, yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think you're right about people will sort of predict the future of things. Mm. Um, and there's actually it's called getting. Jost, J-O-S-S-E-D. When like Joss Whedon? The, exactly. Oh. When, <laughs> the can, when the canon comes out and just totally f***s your story, gotcha. it's called getting Jost. You You've can been be, Jost. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> exactly. You can be confirmed or you can be Jost by canon. So oh my God, they do that because amazing. Joss Whedon subverts what you expect to happen? Is that the... I must be the genesis of it. Mm. Um, gotcha. But it's it's and people will be like, well, this got just to hell by that new episode. But you know <laughs> what? We're gonna keep writing it anyway. Oh yeah. my god, that's really fun. That's a really fun. For some reason, that all definitely just scratched an itch in my brain. <laughs> that whole concept like really sits well with me. <laughs> that's really fun. That's yeah, really fun. I, I mean, there's. I think there's just so much fun. In being part of the fandom in that way, um, though I have never really written fan fiction. I've written that a was going to be my bit, next question, but um, never I've never published any. What I've written the most of, interestingly, is next gen Firefly. Oh, that's fun. so like mm. all of like the Star Firefly Trek the next generation, but with Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the Firefly characters having children. Nice. And, like, raising their kids on the ship. And it was based on a fan fiction I read that was also, I hadn't thought about it till right now, great one I've read, gone back for and read a couple times is this mm. series about 
um, you know, the Firefly crew raising kids. And how how far into that fan fiction did you write? Uh, I wrote what would be considered in fanfiction language a one shot. So similar to like a one shot D and D campaign. So just like a yeah. short story that stands alone. Yeah. Um, that I might wrote, be literally the only term that Andrew and I are familiar with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote just a... We do a lot of one-shots on the show. Yeah. <laughs> a little snippet about Zoe and her daughter, which is actually canon that she has um, a daughter. Mm. But I remade the daughter for my own, you know, like, scratch that brain itch. Gotcha. You wanted her daughter to be a very specific way, and so you made her that way in the fiction. Yes, and most notably, I came up with what I thought was a compelling name and reason she was named that, that was not at all like the canon, and, you know, that, that is what I did. What, uh, what was her name? What, uh, what was the reason why she was named that? If, can we get into um, the weeds a little? Sure. I named her Miranda, and if you oh. remember the story that... Uh, Wash dies on the on planet, planet Miranda, Miranda. Yeah. and my my reasoning for that was Zoe saying something to the effect of, "I'm going to remember Miranda every day anyway. Oh. I might as well be reminded by something beautiful." It's the oh. same reason Mal named his ship Serenity. Wait, why? Wait, what was the because, because of the, the, the battle? The brown Serenity. coats lost. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's Even I knew that, Andrew. I know. I watched all of it. It's just been <laughs> to be while. fair, I am in that show. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zach loves bringing up now that he looks like Alan Tudyk. I don't oh. look like Alan Tudyk, it's but people say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, might as well lean into it. Look, if I'm going to be reminded of Alan Tudyk every day, I might as well be something. Name yourself Alan Tudyk. Positive, positive right? <laughs> might as well claim it. Yeah. I th- I mean, I think we're at a real good time now. Uh, do you have burning, more burning questions, Andrew? I do. I have one last burning okay. question. Okay. And I have two to wrap up with. All right. Um. And also, before before we do wrap this up, please, please, let's do this again, Sarah Beth. This has been very informative. Totally. I'm happy to. We'd, we'd yeah. like to have you on you'll more. If you be our expert witness, that would be mm-hmm. great. Because it's I neither actually... <laughs> our Sherpa to lead us through the, to yeah. the mountaintop of fan Seriously. fiction. Seriously. When I was listening to your episode, I couldn't even get through the first one yet. I will keep listening because I kept getting Ouch. distracted wanting to answer your questions. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, oh, uh, you're talking about gender bent. I could tell you all of these things about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is good. Well, that's actually that, my question. Can you, my, okay. My, my last burning question is like, so can you explain to us just – a few of the different universes that exist like because it's not the same thing as a fictional universe it's the yeah so one of the things and i think it's andrew and i talked about this a little bit yesterday when we were prepping Mm -hmm. for me to come on but one of the things i think is very interesting about fan fiction is there's these sort of au's alternate universes Mm -hmm. that many fandoms use so there's the a coffee shop AU where the characters all meet in a coffee shop and it's usually, you know, often if it's a, a fic that has powers or characters that aren't human, it'll be like no powers, all human, coffee shop mm. AU. There's a soulmate AU 
that I went on a big soulmate AU kick with the check, please, where characters have some sort of identifying mark that identifies them to their soulmate. It's like, oh, the first words that your soulmate ever says to you are tattooed somewhere on your body and you're just born with that mark. Or like, you can't see color until you meet your soulmate. And those are also often just like sweet, happy, but you can get soulmate AU in any fandom. And with the... With the soulmate AU, it's like consistently sort of physical traits like that that match them yeah, together? exactly. Um, that is such a, a peculiar rule to have for me. A couple of different ways to do a soulmate mm-hmm. AU, but there is often that it's like uh, tattoos, identifying marks, like you have, you have matching marks on your body. And hmm. it, that to me is the sort of... Uh, Everybody reads each other's fix, and they're like, ooh, I like that one piece, but I'm going to write it in my universe, or I'm going to write it with my uh, piece of fiction. That's something I've noticed in particularly Check, Please, because the fandom is relatively small. Um, I will see things reoccur that, to me, indicates these people are reading each other's fix. Yeah. Is there less of a feeling in the fanfic community about, like stealing someone's idea because it's all this borrowed material so if you incorporate an element that i came up with with my fanfic that's like an homage as opposed to like a plagiarism you know yes exactly um i think people will write in each other's universes and often give credit but then there are things that i haven't dug into enough to know a lot but i see sort of and this is where the tagging system is useful Mm -hmm. in ao3 where it's like one of the tags is Hydro tr- Hydra Trash Party. Um, oh, and that's like what? a thing that I know. It's what like a thing that I'll. The criminal organization Hydra from the Avengers franchise? I think where they write about all of the stuff that Hydra did to Bucky or the other like Winter Soldiers, it's usually pretty dark, which is why I uh, think I haven't read a whole lot of it. Is it like torture porn? Yes, exactly. Oh. Weird. Got it. Um, but like, and again, people sort of working out their issues, but that's, you know, a, a tag and a lot of people write Hydra Trash Party. So that's a, I think that's, let's put a pin in that because there is a whole dark aspect of all of this that we haven't talked about yet. And like, I would maybe want to save that for, if you're willing, another podcast, like sure, for definitely. another, another time of doing this. Cause that seems like its own thing that needs to be discussed. I think you were right about that. Yeah, I don't think we can get into it in the remaining time we have. Uh, so I had a couple of questions. One, you said gender bent earlier. I'm assuming you're referring to when we didn't know about the gender swapping sort of fandom in the Hamlet thing, the story that we read? Yes, where people will um, make characters a different gender. And there's actually mm-hmm. a lot of like, uh, to use a fandom tor- term, discourse around Ooh. that where people will call it transphobic to s- swap characters genders because it's like that's to imply that men can only be look one way and be one way hmm. um, interesting so Wait, so like if you were to write uh the character of harry potter but just call her but call harry potter i don't know henrietta, henrietta. yeah henrietta yes. potter and was born female and mm-hmm. and just and do it like that. That would be a transphobic thing to do, as opposed to 
Harry Potter some, choosing to identify as female? Yes, some people oh, would indicate that to be yeah. sort of a, they call that cis-swapping characters, because often there are also characters who it's like, oh, and by the way, Steve is a trans man, so like still a man, but born female. Um, it's It's confusing. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but I, I I do like gender bent stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The what I think is interesting, like what you said, is people like working out issues like identity in their own lives. It's like, but what mm-hmm. an interesting place to have that conversation. It's like you're literally taking one of the more difficult, nuanced topics to discuss that maybe exists today, and you're doing it within these fictional universes. Like, what a platform to discuss yep Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things is that it's a really good place i think for people to work out identity issues to think about gender issues trans issues you know all the alphabet soup of lgbtq yeah i now too right yeah yeah i discovered that recently it's lgbtqia a A, right yeah oh what the a is new um, is asexual, asexual, aromantic. Um, it if you spelled them out, it can spell quilt bag. That's how you just change it all the letters. <laughs> quilt Why bag. Don't you just That's say quilt bag. That's really cute. Like right, a, like a really soft a quilted bag. bag or a bag with a quilt inside. And it's, Either way, and it's nice. a patchwork tapestry, like <laughs> the spectrum of human sexuality. Yeah, quilt bag. Quilt um, bag. That's great. Yeah. Well, um, Sarah, that was. Like, you so far exceeded any expectations <laughs> mm-hmm. I had in your ability to be very clear uh, and very knowledgeable. So you were you were definitely the right choice for this. So thank you. You're very um, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I have two sort of lead out questions. All right. One, is there is there any fan fiction, any crossover fiction, anything that you would like to see that you haven't seen yet? Ooh. That you haven't come across yet? That's a good question. I don't know if off the top of my head I can think of anything that I'm like, man, this would really mm-hmm. do it for me, and I can't find it. If you uh, can yeah, think I, well, of it at some point and tell me, I could maybe include that in like an outro mm-hmm. thing later. So, Or it might be it might be even one of those things where you won't know it till you see it. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, um, because I, I am also of the belief a little bit that it exists, you just can't find it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. what we everything ex- yeah. time and time again, that it's like things you would have never thought of exist, so definitely things that you can think of already exist. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's another maybe interesting fandom thing is there are some fandoms that I don't read fiction in that I love being in the fandom of, but the fan fiction just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Most mm. notably, Patrick Rothfuss's King Killer Chronicle. Oh, I love those books. Such great I... books, love them. One of my favorite fandoms to read the canon, and I I went looking for fiction a little bit, just didn't didn't do it. Didn't, didn't scratch, didn't scratch the brain itch. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. I never even thought to look for them, and I and Zach will tell you I look. Uh, almost exclusively for Harry Potter 
fan fiction. Mm-hmm. It just it I have a taste for that. But yeah. I think I, I mean that's what we're learning is that like it's there is something for everybody, but it also seems to be like I don't know, your interests can be kind of narrow, I suppose. Yeah, I mean even of, like yeah, what actually that. does scratch that itch. Yeah. Yeah, like you mm-hmm. love the crossover stuff. You love find it seems at least. Like I love, love the absurdity of the crossover stuff. I don't necessarily love it in and of itself. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like that sure. they thought to put together Garfield and Zero Dark Thirty, mm-hmm. you rightly got Episode a thrill five. out of that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um okay, final question. And this is really just for me. What uh? What did you think of Infinity War? Uh, I liked it. It was I found the big shocking ending actually fell a little flat for me because yeah. it was just it was just a little too much all at once. Mm. I think we didn't get to marinate in any of those deaths. Um, they just they everyone was just gone and then the movie was over and I was like, See, yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Yeah, that's how I felt the first time. I saw it a second time, and it worked. It was it was better. I liked it the first time a lot, but that's how I felt about it. And then it worked um, a lot better for me the second time. I also found it fell flat because I am pretty sure those deaths are going to be undone in some way. I think it will be an interesting way to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, See that? But yeah. I don't know. I was like, no deaths are permanent in comic book verse. No. Well, there's there's yeah. two things about that, that that like work for me, which is that one, it is really just the first half of the movie. Yes. Um, and I think, I mean, I, you're absolutely right. Like no one's gone forever, except that some people probably will be, but in different ways. But yeah. those deaths are real to the characters who watch them die, you know, like the emotional resonance is there for them. And that's enough. And, even if we know that there's another black Panther movie coming. Yeah. And it's setting up the, the huge human tragedy of all life in the universe is gone. Like half of all life in the universe is gone for mm-hmm. the second film, which is just a really high stakes beginning point. So I'm excited. So sure. What you think about true if it was truly having the universe in true random there would be planets that weren't affected at all and planets that were completely gone yeah sure so it's like it seems like it's half of every population is what, well, what exactly if it, what if it was just everybody's torso <laughs> <laughs> it's just all legs sentient legs it's like like yeah them. all everybody loses all their legs and thanos is like oh f- I didn't think this oh, thing man. through. I should have really. It, it's more complicated than snapping. It turns out there's a lot of logistical things that you can't work out with a snap. Uh, I leapt before I looked. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Cool. Well, I think that's a good. I think that was great. Thank you so much, Mary or Sarah Beth. Yeah. No problem. Happy. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the best. Um, I love you. So. That's love cool. you too, brother. Well. Um, Great. Good night, Gums. Good night, Zach. Good night, Zach. Good night, brother. Good night, sister. <laughs> yeah, and I I was thinking about when just thinking about fan fiction, like I probably read some, at least a little bit of fic every day. Yeah. So it's just like a, a really consistent part of my life. It's in fact, I think some of the time, this is going back to stuff we talked about way at the beginning, um, 
sometimes I think when I was like, oh, I should stop reading fan fiction because I should read real fiction instead. Do you hear the air quotes around real? Um, And now I'm like, all recreational reading is good recreational reading. Gotcha. So there used to be more of, I just want to, because we've talked about this same issue. It's like, Mm -hmm. so there used to be more of a distinction in your mind between uh, original works of fiction that are published and fan fiction. And that is, and that has gone down a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's been true for a while that I'm like, especially when the time and energy I had for recreational reading was low relative to when, you know, I was younger and had more of it, Mm -hmm. um, or just sort of low relative to a perception of myself. I think that's when I was like, all recreational reading is good recreational reading. Um, whether it be like the little flash fictions that are, you know, less than a thousand words, or it be a long form novel, basically, that I can read on my phone. And I think there is still a little bit of distinction in my head, because even these novel length ones somehow feel less taxing hmm. to read sometimes. Interesting. Hmm. And I'm not. I'm not entirely <laughs> like sure what that's pressure. about. There's pressure with a with a published novel to like. Yeah, I mean, it's like if if someone's been trying to get you to read the, I don't know, Jonathan Franzen novel or whatever. You're, it's it, it seems more like a chore. Mm-hmm. I do feel that sometimes, like there are certain books that I know I would really enjoy, but I still have not read them. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's just like, oh yeah, that's something I need to read again. Like I need. I feel like I need to go back and reread Great Expectations because I read it in like ninth grade and got nothing mm-hmm. out of it. So I'm like, well, I'm older now. Maybe I could understand Great Expectations more, but I don't want to. <laughs> you should just read the fanfic Great Sexpectations. <laughs> that absolutely exists. 100%. <laughs> no I could probably go find it for you on AO3 right now. Zach here, and thanks for listening. Uh, for more episodes, you can go to fanfiction.show or wherever you get your podcasts. To contact us, you can email us at zandrew at fanfiction.show. That's Andrew with a Z. Our Twitter and Instagram are at fanfictionshow. Today we talked about Archive of Our Own, the hip place to find fanfiction, the Draco Dormian series by Cassandra Clare, Rise or Fall by Eris Melly. That's Eris like the air too. And Melly, M-E-L-L-I-E. Love is for Children by Why Wisebet Wordsmith. So that's Y-S-A-B-E-T Wordsmith. Jerusalem by Alan Moore. And the fifth Harry Potter book by J.K. Rowling, I believe it is. No Winter Lasts Forever by Tom Foolery Prime. 
Nor Need We Power or Splendor by Shelly Bell. S-H-E-L-L-Y-B-E-L-L-E. Check, please, the webcomic by Nigozi Yukazu, N-G-O-Z-I-U-K-A-Z-U. And finally, Great Sexpectations on AO3 is a six-stanza poem written by Mindbender about the on-ice love affair between Will Ferrell and John Heater in Blades of Glory. Great Sexpectations is also the title of Season 6, Episode 2 of Sex in the City. We are also going to be debuting our brand new theme song, which my good friend, very talented musician, Jordan Lenning, made for us. It was described to me as the Doug theme meets Devo meets Prince meets the Toe Jam and Earl theme. Which, I mean, if you know Zach and I at all by now, you know that that is exactly what we were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to it currently. This is the theme song. <laughs> Sorry, Linning. You're out. That's it. <laughs> Oh, man. And stop. (laughs) Okay.